how does one person serve in the same church for 36 years? Stick around and we'll talk about that. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Mark Bricker, and I'm the host for the Here at Home podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll bring you a fresh new episode every other week, and we'd love to have you be a part of our Here at Home podcast community. So go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. That way you'll get each episode delivered straight to your podcast player. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends. So welcome our guest today, Carrie Robinson. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thanks, Pastor Mark. So good to be here. So glad to have you. In fact, I've been looking forward to our time together, sitting around the table, conversing a little bit. There you go. Now, not that there's very, there's got to be only a handful of people in all of Fort Myers that don't know who Carrie Robinson is. But <laughs> for those few people that don't know Carrie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family as we get started. Well, I am a Floridian which is unusual for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, I was born in Clearwater, raised in Largo. I went to Largo High School. I was born, I went, my mom and dad took me home to the same home that I graduated from high school in. Wow. So I lived in that same house uh, until I was 18 years old, almost 18 years old. Um, and then I went to one year of junior college in Clearwater, and then I went to Carson Newman. And I got an undergraduate degree in accounting, and I worked for a year in accounting before I went to seminary. And now I'm, that's where I met my wife, my beautiful wife, Vicki. Uh, we married while I was in school, finished school, and then came to McGregor. Um, got three kids, all adults, grown. I've got uh, two uh, biological grandkids and two step-grandkids. So we have a good time with them. How long have you and Vicki been married? Almost 38 years. Almost 38 years. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting some of how our paths have crossed because when I mean, we were talking about this the other day, but I lived in Clearwater, you know, for about six or seven years. Mm -hmm. And that would have been the same time that you were in Largo. Uh, but still some of the yep. things that were similar there. So, yeah, yeah, it is small world, small world. Now you've been serving here at McGregor for 36 years. That's amazing. That is correct. That, I mean, you, did you come here right out of high school? Is that how you're able to, to do that? <laughs> I'd like to tell people that I started when I was a baby. Yeah, 36 uh, years. Now, what's so amazing about that, and I don't know if our listeners understand kind of what that means, but when you think about people that serve in ministry, and you know this, and, and you see statistics, and sometimes it, it changes. And I, I, I did a little research you know, earlier this week, and the different sites will tell you different things, but anywhere between three and five years is, is about the average tenure for a minister or pastor in a church. I mean, three to five years. I mean, that's, that's not a lot. That means there are, a lot of people are popping around, hopping around. And so to stay some one place for 36 years is pretty, pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. Before we talk about the longevity and ministry aspect, um, Let's back up because you mentioned real quickly there about, you know, coming from seminary, but what was the process? How did you end up here in Fort Myers? Because you, you know, this was, I'm, I'm assuming a relative, you know, you were from Florida, but not Fort Myers area. So mm -hmm. how did you, how did you get here? Um, 
Good question. Um, when you graduate uh, from seminary, as you're approaching that, your graduation, uh, you start sending out resumes to generally, at that time, we had a what we called as students placement office. They didn't refer to themselves as a placement office at the seminary, but it was a place where you could send your resume or give them your resume back that day and also send it to the state office, the Florida Baptist Convention. So I sent my resume to the Florida Baptist Convention. I also sent it to uh, our placement office at the seminary at Southwestern in Texas and uh, received a phone call from Jim Holbrook, who was the pastor at the time here at McGregor. And I, my memory at the time, he told me that he'd gotten my resume from both places, the Florida Baptist Convention and um, the Seminary Southwestern. And what both, is, both places do is they send six, ten resumes to those churches that are asking for, hey, we're looking for this guy. They give some kind of a profile and uh, then the state or the seminary sends out resumes. That's the way we did it then before we had these agencies that- yeah, these search groups. <laughs> search yeah, groups, yeah. yeah. Um, but from there, Jim called me and uh, we were going to, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, we had discussed preliminarily that I would fly here to Fort Myers from Texas. And then <clears throat> he said, you know, my son lives outside of Fort Worth. He said, I think I'll just come there and interview you there. So sure enough, that's what happened. He came to Fort Myers or Fort Lauderdale, Fort, Fort, Worth. Fort Worth. And uh, while he was there, he discovered that he could he could actually interview many people while he was on campus. <laughs> so much people like, here hmm, looking for jobs. <laughs> hello, uh, but uh, we really connected in that interview. And I actually left the interview and I went home and I told my wife. I said, "We're going to Fort Myers." Mm. So um, just had a really good connection with with Pastor Jim, um, and. Sure enough, a few weeks later, he called me and said, hey, we'd like for you and your wife to fly to Fort Myers. Uh, we'd like our search committee to interview you. You could teach. Uh, they were thinking at the time of calling me as singles and students. So um, I would teach the singles on a Friday night. I would do student ministry on Sunday morning, um, meet with the committee, kind of like in view of a call type mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, and so that's what I did. The funny thing is that when we came, we had Vicky and I had honeymooned on Sanibel Island, knowing nothing about Fort Myers. Oh wow! And true story is, we were leaving out of Fort Myers. We drove by the church; they just probably had moved here. And um, pulling out of Fort Myers, regardless, uh, I had said to my wife, "I said, wouldn't it be crazy if we came back? To, <laughs> we loved Fort Myers. We loved Sanibel. Yeah. Um, what's not there to love?" And um, so when Jim called me and said that he was from Fort Myers, it didn't really connect that. That was near Sanibel. Exactly. <laughs> they were the same. Yeah. But we flew into town. Obviously, we figured that out as we were getting ready to come. Um, we stayed out on the beach during that search week um, weekend. But the chairman of the personnel committee uh, came over the first morning that we were here and said, hey, you mind if I dri we drive out to Sanibel for breakfast? No, that's great. You know, and, it, and Vicky and I were like, yeah, we honeymoon on Sanibel. Yeah. Well, we pull up to the rest, same restaurant that Vicky and I, that's associated with the hotel where Vicky and I stayed. So it was oh, kind wow. of ironic. Um, very good. And it was a great weekend. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Although there were some changes after that weekend, um, Jim decided that instead of hiring one person for both students and singles, that he would hire two of us out of Southwestern, singles and youth. And so the 
church decided to, ch- you know, alter those job descriptions. And so I came as the student pastor. All those 12 interviews, he found someone else. He did. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> did. Out there. That's another commonality we have. We both went to Southwestern. Yeah. Yes, uh, we did. Uh, little, I don't think we crossed paths there. I think you finished right about the time I was starting. Yeah, I finished in December of 83. No, 4, 84. And I started in 85. Yeah. 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 Just missed you. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. All right. So you've been here now 36 years and, and some change. And some change. Um, I've been here 21 and some change. And so it's, you know, I'm not in your league yet, but for me, that seems like 21 seems like a long time. Let's talk a little bit about longevity and ministry because they're, I think you and I both know the benefits of staying around and being, you know, in one place for a long time. Right. Uh, but how do you get there? What, what would be some of the secrets? Uh, and I use that word secrets, but some, some, what are some of the things that you think have helped in being able to stay in one place for 36 plus years? Great question. I, I think one of the things is trying to stay focused on what God has called you to do. Um, I think that a lot of guys are always looking for something that's bigger and better. And as you and I know, it's not always bigger or better. Mm-hmm. The grass <laughs> isn't the always better. greener, yes, on the <laughs> yeah. other side. No. Um, but, you know, when I look back on my 36 years, um, there have certainly been seasons where God had stirred me. And, you know, I'm thinking, ah, you know, I think, I'm, you know, it's my time's up. But, you know, it's it's God who orchestrates it. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not anything that I have done. I think I've tried to find contentment with what God has called me to do, which I think is is very important. But, but ultimately, at any of the at any point, as you know, God could have moved us, and it would have been what God desired. But mm-hmm. clearly, that wasn't God's desire for the past thirty six years. Uh, what's interesting too is Vicky and I knowing that the tenure at that time they were telling us out of seminary that the tenure of a youth pastor was eighteen eighteen to twenty four months. Oh, wow! And neither Vicky or I wanted to get in a situation where we were moving like that. It's like I want to move every couple of years, so we really earnestly prayed that God would, you know, help us find a place that we could become planted, mm-hmm. and certainly. That God answered that prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So. And I, I love how you said it, that it, it really was, it's God that, yeah. that ultimately has kept you here. Right. I think you would have been faithful if he had called you to leave. And absolutely. I'm not saying that if somebody doesn't stay somewhere 35 years, they're out of God's will. I, I think God moves <laughs> yeah. people intentionally for yep. his, his, his will and his purposes. Yep. And so we just have to be obedient. But I also think there are huge benefits to oh, longevity yeah. in ministry. And, and I like to... You know, we like to kid with you know around with you to say you know if you need to know something about something in the past of McGregor, its history or people, then talk to Carrie. Yeah. But yeah. that's one of the beauties of being around, or the benefits, I guess, of being around that long. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you feel are, are helpful uh, for being in one place this long? Well, I told somebody the other day, um, you know, there are a lot of benefits of longevity, and I and I feel for those that don't you know, stick in one place long enough to be able to see some of the fruit of longevity. I mean, I've I've been in here long enough to see young people that when they were in my student ministry, that they went off the rails and they, you know, just left the church, left God, and then they came back. And mm. being here has allowed me the blessing of being able to see that return to the prodigal. And um, it's just been a real, it's been a real encouragement. And and having relationships that span 36 years, I mean, I have, 
it's, it's kind of funny now that I work with senior adults, but literally I have some of my first students that were in my youth ministry that are now knocking on the 55 plus door. Uh, <laughs> when I first took this position uh, in 55 plus, the first gathering that I was at, I had some of those early 50s that were saying, hey, were, will you watch my mom and dad? You know, I, you know, they're this and that, you know, because their mom and dads are now in that 55 plus world. Well, that longevity of those relationships mm-hmm. afforded that kind of conversation. So it, it's been it's been awesome. Um, I feel really, really blessed to be able to be in one place for a long time. Uh, and. I definitely am reaping some of the benefits of that longevity and just relationally and being able to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. Let's back up uh, because you just mentioned your current position as about 55 plus pastor, but you started as youth, but let's, there's been a progression along the way. So (laughs) let's, let's work through the years here. Uh, So what year did you start? January of 85. 85 as, as the youth student pastor. Minister, youth pastor. Back then it was called the youth yeah, pastor. Yeah, okay. And then? I did the youth ministry for 15 years. Um, I was approaching 40. Do I say that <laughs> on the podcast? I was approaching 40, and I still loved students. You know, there was nothing that I didn't like, um, well, about the ministry to students. Um, but when I began as a student minister, you know, I I saw myself as a what we called back in the day in ministry terms as a lifer. You know, I was one of those guys that felt called to mm. student ministry. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, when people would say it was a stepping stone, no, not for me. You know, it's I want to do youth ministry. And but by the time I was getting to be forty, God started changing my heart a little bit. And especially when it came to like. One of those things that we do when we're in youth ministry is these lock-ins where you lock students in for 24 hours. And I'm like, Lord, if I have to do another lock-in. So uh, I'm approaching 40. God is stirring my heart to do something different. I was really having a burden for our college students. We had a, a pretty large youth ministry and trying to stay connected to those college students. And at that time... Um, most of our college students went away to college. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't stay local. So trying to stay connected to them was just really difficult. And I felt like, you know, here I had invested, you know, seven, eight years in their life, and then they go off to college and, you know, there's nothing. Right. And a lot of them, those are tough years and struggling years for so many people. So I'm, I'm wrestling with all this. And at the same time, Jim retires. Uh, we call Dr. Powell. And literally his second day in the office, uh, he asked me to come into his office and he, he asked me, you know, what, what, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? And the question was, where do you see yourself in five years? So I really wasn't prepared for the question. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I was determined to be honest with him. And I told him, I said, you know, God is stirring me. I said, I love what I do. And I did. Uh, love students, but I said, you know, in five years, I could easily see myself doing young singles ministry or missions or discipleship, something along those lines. And so out of that conversation, he says, you know, well, why don't we just begin to pray about that? And he said, you know, I could definitely see you as, uh, you know, our college young adult pastor. And so within two weeks, you know, we made that transition. And initially the transition was uh, for 
young singles, college and 20-somethings, and discipleship. So um, I did the Wednesday night programming and the young singles. Um, did that for 18 years. Discipleship went away after a couple of years because the young adult ministry had just, it just blew up. Um, so discipleship went away and went back under the education minister. I think that's you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then four years ago, now it's almost been five years ago, um, after Dr. Powell had left and in this transition, Dan Allen left. And at the time, you know, everybody was joking, you're going to be here long enough to be the senior adult pastor. <laughs> and I'm like, that's never going to happen. And uh, when Dan left, uh, it was presented to me. I was asked if I'd be interested in... Vicki and I have always had a heart for our seniors, and we felt like there was there was a lot of built-in relationships because a lot of the senior adults in our church had kids in my youth ministry. Parents, yeah. So uh, after some prayer, you know, we felt like that was just the next best move for for us. So I look at it as we've had basically three full-time positions: student ministry or youth ministry, young adult pastor, and now senior adult pastor. Yeah. Was it hard, this last one, uh, taking that? Because even though that you had those first two, they were closely related, yes. you know, and here there's a, there's, there was a jump. Yeah, there was a big jump. It was hard, um, but I think that um, it, I, I, I'm relational at the core. Very so, much. So, uh, you know, just because I made that jump, you don't, it's a, it, there's, a there's a season of transition. Um, so all those relationships that I had that were invested in the young adult, they don't, don't go away, right. uh, especially, you know, still being here at the church. So then it becomes the hard part becomes trying to balance all of it, you mm. know, doing what my heart feels called to do and the investment that I made and not walking away from them because that's not what I'm going to do. And yet trying to, you know, birth something new and invest in something new. So that became the challenge and still, to some degree, is a challenge. But yeah. um, God is faithful, and it's been it's been good. Yeah, very good. Do you think you know? You mentioned your relational to the core. I think that was what you just said. I think so. Yeah, and I would agree 100 <laughs> percent with that. Do you think that is also part of what you could attribute to longevity in ministry, um, the relational aspect? Yeah, uh, I'm sure that it has a part of it. You know, just the connections that I've made here in Southwest Florida. Um, but honestly, you know, I, you know, it, it it sounds like the Sunday school or a life group answer when you say Jesus, but there have been seasons where, uh, you know, I thought that God was moving us, and then the door would close, or, you know, so I I I think that there are certainly those elements, there's those things, but um, when I think about longevity, I think God is in it. It's, I think that a lot of it has to do with staying focused on what God has called you to do, which I think is a challenge for a lot of people. Um, I can see at times how if I allow myself to start focusing in on things that God has not placed before me, then I can get sidetracked mm -hmm. and, and I can lose my focus. And so it's been a real intentionality to stay focused on what God has called you to do, Carrie, type yeah. of thing. And I think that's allowed me to stay in one place. Um, when I've looked at friends of mine that have left, you know, a lot of times it's those issues that they get caught up in something that wasn't even their business. You know, it wasn't even their role. It wasn't their calling. But they can allow that to get 
you know, off center. And I think, you know, that quality of persevering through times, I mean, 36 years, yeah, it's not all been rosy. No. <laughs> so, you know, but it's not allowing those things to distract me and saying, I'm, you know, um, I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, God, God's called me to a task and I'm going to do that task. So you used the word contentment earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that is, that's hard for some folks. Yeah, it really is. That's a tough, yeah. tough biblical command that we yeah. are to be content wherever God has us. And it yep. doesn't mean he doesn't move us, but it means that wherever we are in that moment, whether we have a lot or a little, you know, that we are content that this is where yeah. God has me. And I think that is a perhaps one of the, the key elements of, of longevity and ministry yeah. is finding that contentment, which is hard for a lot of folks. I agree 100%, Mark. And, and the reality is it's not common in our society. Right. Our culture does not embrace contentment. And I think in ministry, you know, the not only the, the challenge of the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, we think that we're going to go to a place where it doesn't have the problems that McGregor has, which is just is, is a fallacy. It's just not correct. But I also think there's this idea that uh, the longer I stay in one place, uh, the less that I'm appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's if you go someplace new, well, oh, he's the new guy. He's got all the ideas. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's 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 an allurement. There's an attraction to starting over. Uh, somebody told me a couple of years ago, and it's really helped me because after 36 years, I've got so many names uh, stored and so many people that have come through our ministry and lives and um, that I get frustrated sometimes because I can't remember their names. And somebody said, you you have never had a reset. He said almost everybody in life mm. has a reset moment. That's a good point. Where they start over. Yeah. And they just forget all those names and you've never had that. And I'm like, <laughs> well, thank I get off the hook a little bit, you know. Um, but it's been good, you know. I I don't think that uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like to not have stuck it out. And, been, yeah. and another benefit, um, you know, I've got three adult kids now that all were raised here in Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. They all went to college here in Fort Myers. Now they all live here in Fort Myers. And I see how unique that is. You know, my kids, my grandkids mm-hmm. all live within a five minute radius of Vicki and I, and we see them <laughs> multiple times a week. So, um, you know what a blessing. You know, in in a world where so many kids are spread scattered, out all over. Yep. Yeah, um, and I think that my kids. It's been a blessing to my kids. God has answered our prayer 36 years ago to be planted, and what a blessing that has been to my kids to be raised in the same place. My both my girls graduated from SFCA. Um, Josh went to SFCA through eighth grade, and then went to Fort Myers High. Um, but to have those those friends that are, you know. They're lifelong friends as well. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Bill White, sent me a text last night, way too late, by the way, um, but a picture of our kids playing uh, it, basketball in probably second or third grade. Oh, wow. Ryan Flint was one of those kids uh, <laughs> and his two daughters and my daughter. But you don't have that if you're bouncing around. Right. And exactly. my kids don't have that. Exactly. Uh, so you've been in Adult 55 Plus world for about five years now. What are some things that are exciting you about that ministry right now? 
right now. Well, <laughs> right. Well, I just I um, I've been so blessed this year. Obviously, it's been such a year of transition. Um, doing Zoom life groups and doing online, and I've shared this with you before. Is I'm just so blessed by our life group leadership and the investment that they have in their classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back probably two years ago, our high on a Sunday morning in the 55 plus world was 400, uh, 746, I think it was, over 700 people. 700 people is a whole lot of senior adults to try to keep track of. Um, so knowing that we have really great life group leadership that's really shepherding their small groups in a way mm. that is is significant. You know, keeping up with the growing needs of that age demographic and the prayers and who's gone in the hospital or what one's struggling with or you know. So I think that that's been real exciting um, and just seeing their ability uh, to pivot into a the, with the technology and to be able to do it well. Uh, and not easy, but yeah. to invest in it and to do it well. Um, you know, I think that that's probably one of the things that really excites me, just to see the the faithfulness of our senior adult leadership and mm-hmm. and what God's doing there. Yeah. Um, so. I wonder how many are listening to this podcast right yeah, now. I bet you there are more than you think. I know. I know. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to try to get as many as we can listening yep. to the, our our church podcast. And, and you're right. It was amazing to see back... You know, this goes back a ways now when we first entered the pandemic, but how quick our Adult 55 mm-hmm. Plus and even some of those older, older life groups were able yeah. to pivot and figure out how to make stuff work virtually and online when we couldn't meet in person. And so, yeah, you're right. That was kind of a cool thing because we like, what are they going to do? And <laughs> they figured it out. Yeah. When we first started talking about, you know, doing Zoom, I'm like, They'll never do it, you know. And I mean, I'm I'm not the most technically advanced person. Really, um, I, I, I credit my <laughs> the fact that I've got yeah, really. <laughs> um, but I've got kids and people in my life that really help me out a lot yeah. um, when it comes to technology, which is a huge blessing. But they managed, you know, they mm. figured it out. Whether they had people in their life that could help them or somebody that could teach them, but. Yeah. It's gone it's gone really really well. It is praise the lord it is phasing out which I think is a really healthy sign. I think the more and more people are coming back um less and less zoom. Less yeah. and less zoom. Amen. And I know our leadership is thrilled about that cuz it's not not the easiest yeah. of things to do. Yeah. What would you and I know you have such a mentor's heart uh with discipling people and what would you to somebody that was just graduating from seminary and getting ready, maybe they're heading to their first church. What would be a, a little bit of advice, Carrie uh, Robinson wisdom you might throw their way? Um, yeah, uh, I've actually given that advice several times. <laughs> uh, not to move too quickly. Uh, I think sometimes uh, young guys coming out of seminary have a lot of great ideas and they want to change the world in a month. <laughs> And uh, I think that that can be devastating to a ministry. Um, you got to embrace the culture and figure out what's what's going on, and to really try to get to know your people. That's one of the things I've told mm. told a lot of different through the years. Uh, the advice is, you know, get in there the first six months, nine months, twelve months, just get to know your people. You know, 
get the names, know the faces, know the families. Um, because once people start recognizing that you care about them as an individual, they're willing to follow you and they're willing to do a lot. So it's really important. And uh, you'll find, I think that you'll find that, you know, changing a program may be necessary, but learning people is more important. Right. Slow down and get to know the folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. Really good word. Yep. Anything uh, else that stands out in your mind over the last 36 years uh, here at McGregor that's been kind of a special moment that uh, maybe a highlight? <laughs> well, I, I, I could probably, that would, we would not have enough time. Um, but I could tell you honestly, and you're privy to this because we're in a lot of meetings together, but one of the highlights is that now there's numerous people on our staff that were in my youth ministry or student ministry or college ministry, um, Ryan Flint, Tammy Goodwin, um, Nancy Perez, uh, you know, people that are around and in, still involved in my life that were involved in my life 30 mm. some years ago, um, which is it's pretty cool. And yeah. uh, in many ways, that's that's a highlight. But you know, God is good and God is so faithful. And I couldn't speak strongly enough about how I, I don't think that men and women um, that, you know, enter a place and say, I'm going to stick there for 36 years like Carrie. I don't think you can do it. You know, I, I just think, you know, you can stay focused and, and do what God's called you to do. But, you know, just trusting in God's faithfulness. I think yeah. some people leave for the wrong reason, but uh, you know, that's that's a highlight is just being able to stay to to recognize what God has done and His faithfulness and what a blessing that is. What a blessing it is. Yeah, it really is. And yeah. I consider that for myself to be yeah, here twenty one years uh, a blessing. And that you look around and that's you know the the that tenure of the folks that we have a chance to serve with. We have new folks that are coming in, but there's several of us that have been together for a long time, and that in and of itself is a blessing also. Yeah. You guys like to tease me that I've been around a long time, but, you oh, know... Yes, from, we do. <laughs> Regularly. From, yes, you do. <laughs> I'm, you notice I'm doing a lot of restraint here. I have not, age. <laughs> I've, not, I've not said much of anything. I've yeah. all been positive. You've been very good. Very good. Um, but I, I look at it as like, yeah, I've been here for 36 years. That's a long time, but the men that I work with have been around a long time. Men and women that I've mm-hmm. been uh, work with have been around a long time. So it's not just me, you know, and I think that's a tribute to our church. When I think about it, I, I, I think that maybe part of that is a legacy of Jim Holbrook. You know, it's just created an environment where our people are very affirming. Mm-hmm. I believe our people are very affirming. They follow well. It doesn't mean they don't have an opinion, but they follow well, and it enables us to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so very supportive and encouraging. Thank yes. you. Those are the words yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, and we are we are blessed here at, yep. at McGregor in so many ways. Well, thank you so much for hanging out Thanks, with me, Mark. for being a part of the Here at Home podcast. It's been a privilege. It seems like I mean we. We, our offices are right next to each other, and we often just sit around and talk a little bit. And, yeah. and uh, about, so it's not much different other than we got a microphone in front of us uh, today, and we're talking to, mostly about you and your longevity here. Yeah. So this wraps up this episode of Here at Home, and thank you, Carrie, for joining us and being a part of it. And thank you, listeners, also for being a part of our podcast. What a blessing it is to be able to share what God is doing here at home and to be encouraged together. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please take a moment to do that right now. And while you're subscribing, you might want to check out our other podcast channels. You can head over to hereathomepodcast.com for all the details of all the other podcast channels that we have. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks back here at home.